You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. 60% of new nursing graduates leave their first position within six months because of nurse-to-nurse hostility. This does not fit with the public's idea of the caring and nurturing nurse. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Kathleen Bartholomew. Kathleen served as the manager of a 57-bed orthopedic and spine unit in Seattle, Washington, and now works as a consultant. A registered nurse and counselor, Bartholomew brings to light the changes and issues facing nurses today. She is the author of Ending Nurse-to-Nurse Hostility, Why Nurses Eat Their Young and Each Other. Welcome. Thank you, Leslie. It's wonderful to be here. Kathleen, this is not a topic that is openly discussed. I, I can't think of ever actually hearing anybody talk about this before in my career. How did you become interested in this topic of nurse-to-nurse hostility? Unfortunately, through personal experience. There's more nurse-to-nurse hostility on management level than there even is on staff nurse level. And that's because I think that managers are separated by units. They really don't have that peer support group. Everybody's vying for the same pool of resources. Uh, One year, it was like a scene from Oliver. Uh, We were all in a room, and the hours of care, which is basically how much time a nurse needs to take care of the patients on the unit, we were told by the administration could never change. So if we wanted more hours of care, we had to take them from each other. So um, when there's no power, when nurses don't have power, there's a finite amount of resources, and you have to struggle for those resources. And the administration encourages it. Well, actually, because healthcare is an industry, we're the only country, I don't know if you know, in the entire world that uses the term industry with healthcare. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. So the implications for industry are that it's for profit and loss. Until that stops, I don't think that things can ever be any different. So certainly it uh, sounds like due to uh, top-down sorts of effects from administrators and the powers that be, nurse-to-nurse hostility can happen. Um, are there other factors? Um, absolutely. The fact that the nurse's job in itself is getting harder every single week, and there's a lot of things that contribute to that. I mean, it's wonderful that pharmacy companies have developed tons of new medications, but who's giving these medications on the floor? Um, and it just becomes very difficult. In fact, at one of our local universities, the chief medical officer and the chief nursing officer switched places for a day. And the chief medical officer at 10 o'clock in the morning turned to the nurse and said, this is an organizational nightmare. We are never going to be able to get these medications out. And his comment was that he has given orders thousands and thousands of times but never implemented them once. And just when you're in the middle of getting a patient's medications out and somebody else asks for pain and you're distracted. So patient safety comes in here, too. It's very important. So that's just one thing, the length of stay. I mean, patients used to stay seven or eight days. Now they're in the door and out the door. I mean, basically, if if their pain's controlled and they can walk to the bathroom and they're eating, they're they're discharged even if it's 10 o'clock at night. So how does this manifest in a typical working relationship, either in a private practice setting or in the hospital? Uh, What are the typical things you see in nurse-to-nurse hostility? Well, the number one most popular one are, of course, Uh, the covert, the hidden behaviors, and rolling of the eyes, raised eyebrows, and facial expressions. You know, for years, nurses uh, didn't have a say, and they didn't have a say in their organization. They don't have a say in their role. They don't have very much autonomy. So so they became experts at the nonverbal. So the most common communication you were asking earlier, you know, what contributes to the hostility is that most nurses' communication style is Mm passive-aggressive. 
and they have very poor communication skills. So if they have a problem with you, they're not going to tell you. They're going to tell everybody else on the floor but you. Now, do you see this at all as being a gender issue? No, actually. uh, I've talked to men, and it happens to them as well. We have a lot more male nurses. They don't do it to each other, but the female nurses do it to them. It also happens in teaching an awful lot. Any female, predominantly female profession. So we can expect it to change in healthcare as more than 50% of the graduating classes in med schools are, are now women and more men are entering into the nursing profession. So, so you mentioned that uh, male nurses don't exhibit the same sort of behaviors to fellow male nurses? Well, first of all, there's not enough of them on the floor that like there's a group of them working together. So we have to admit that. There's usually only one or two, so they, they don't have that camaraderie. Maybe they will when there's enough of them. But the, the key here is that this is, this is a, not a nursing issue. This is a cultural issue. Every profession has a culture. The culture in nursing is, is one where you don't speak up, and it's passive-aggressive, and nurses don't have power. That's why we, one reason we have unions. What can we do about this? Anything that would empower a nurse at the bedside, anything that would encourage dialogue as a physician, It would be excellent to ask a nurse's opinion, and if she's right, say wonderful, and if she's wrong, say no, this is what what I see, and to do some education on the floor. You can't believe how the culture on our unit changed the day that all the charts went to the bedside, because it used to be that the physicians would come onto the unit, all the charts were at the main station, and they'd write their orders, and there'd be discussion that happened. They would be talking to each other, and the nurses would have an opportunity to say, well, why did you do that? Or why don't you try this drug, doctor? I noticed that that works. Now that dialogue just isn't happening. Heck, any physician can walk onto the floor, see the patient, which takes usually less than a minute, and write the order, put the flag up on the chart, walk out, and the nurse never even knows he was there. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is the author of Ending Nurse-to-Nurse Hostility, Why Nurses Eat Their Young and Each Other, Kathleen Bartholomew. We are discussing nurse-to-nurse relationships. So, Kathleen, you know, it, it amazes me, though, frankly, because when I was in training, anyway, as a resident physician... I attributed probably 80% of what I learned um, to the nursing staff that my fellow attending physicians uh, weren't around nearly as much, and the nurses taught me virtually everything that I learned. Um, How does that culture change as we leave training and enter the so-called real world? I think that it's different in teaching hospitals versus hospitals that are not teaching hospitals. You'll see more hostility, I think in hospitals that are not teaching hospitals. For example, if I go to a floor where they have residents, they generally have a very respectful relationship. It's like a teacher-student relationship, and the residents don't forget it when they become attending. But there's also, it's not collegial. It's, it's not human. They don't ask each other about each other's kids. There's a massive power difference. So when you get out in the wor- world, you talk about how it changes. Well, you know, this is, this is something that goes way, way back, where the physicians ran the education. One of the biggest things is that nurse, physicians don't know what nurses do. And, and um, I think Dr. Greenberg speaks of, speaks of this when he says that you know, the biggest problem is that we don't understand each other's role. In other countries, the nurses are required, the physicians or the residents are required to follow a nurse and to work with a nurse for a month to six weeks. And in our country, at no, at no point does our education ever meld. So what we need to do to change this, one of the things is, is have some of the education happen together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Now, in your book, you talk about nurse-to-nurse hostility as being a main reason why nurses leave the profession. Absolutely. 60% of new, new nursing grads, and they leave their first position soon. They don't even last six months because of it. Because, you know, the most important thing when you come into any profession is to belong. Everybody wants to belong to the group. You want to be accepted. So when you're on the floor and people are rolling their eyes, they'll say, she'll never get it. You're not going to stay. You're going to search for some place where, where you feel like you're, you're accepted. And not only that, new grads are having a harder time than ever. This is the only profession where you come onto the floor and, and sometimes it's six weeks to three months before you're thrown out there on your own. So, so our whole training model needs to change. Yes, but it's not going to anytime soon because everything comes down to money. Many of the issues that we've been talking about, I mean, it's not that administration is looking out for the financial viability of the hospital. It's not going to survive unless they cut costs. And unfortunately, where they're cutting costs is support for nurses, nursing educators, and the fact that no nurse, I mean, if you did a poll of 100 hospitals, I'll bet you find in every single solitary one of them that every nurse who's training another nurse has a regular workload. Now, how, how do um, non-RNs play into this, uh, LPNs and, and other nursing aid-type professionals? Well, um, as far as the hostility goes, since the nurses are the group that, that really doesn't have power and so they lash out against each other, they also um, take out their frustrations on any group that's lower than them. So if you got a group of nursing assistants together, they would be able to list for you all the ways in which nurses uphold their power over them. And little things like when they're doing one thing in a room, giving a patient a bath, the nurse will call in and say, I need you to go to another room right now. And that nursing assistant will just stop in the middle of the bath because they can't say no. And if they do say no, then they're, they're seen as a troublemaker and not cooperating. And the the nursing assistants will tell you we're expected to take care of six patients simultaneously and several nurses pull us in different directions. And one nurse doesn't always communicate to the other nurse about what the task that she's given us. So when you work with nurses, how do you help them deal with these issues? I actually work with nursing assistants and help role play and empower them. And the biggest thing that you can do for nurses is to, to literally tell them to validate that nurse-to-nurse hostility exists. Not only does it exist, but it's really damaging our profession. We're taking out our frustrations on each other, and we're not consciously doing it. It's not intentional. It's just a part of the culture. Now, you've talked about nursing being an invisible profession. Can you tell us about that? Well, sure. The Gallup polls consistently rank nurses as, as the most trusted, which I find pretty ironic because how can you be the most trusted profession in the United States? You know, yet, yet also the most invisible in that the general public can't tell you really what, what nurses do. They have no idea what you're doing when you're not in the room. They figure you're on break or sitting at the nurse's station when, in fact, you know, few nurses get breaks or, or meals even these days. So it, it's interesting that, that we can be the most trusted and, and, <laughs> and also invisible. Another example of this is remember the Terry Schiavo case? Oh, yes. You know, how long, how many weeks did that go on in the media? And not once did a nurse ever speak out. Not once did you ever hear any of the nurses who cared for Terry for years say a word. When was the last time you saw a nurse quoted on any TV program? Heck, even in Grey's Anatomy, that's all about residents. The nurses have, here you have an entire emergency room that's based on soap opera and relationships between residents, and the nurses are once again invisible and silent. To speak up puts you in danger, so as a culture, they're quiet. So as physicians, how can we help the situation? Anything that you can do, uh, for example, develop, if you're the chair of a department, say the chair of orthopedics or med surge, there's a manager who you work with. Instead of just having a cursory hello and passing her on the floor, 
you should have a standing meeting. Set up a collaborative model where there's a standing meeting. How you can tell if you have a collegial relationship with the nurse manager of any unit is you guys have each other's emails, and you communicate on a minimum of you know three or four times a month. And you have a standing meeting where you discuss issues. If you really want to, to build collegial relationships, it takes work. The first thing you could do is go to the nurses and say, would you guys get together and come back to us? the physicians of this unit, with five things that really bother you about what we do, and then vice versa, the physicians get together and say, you know, our lives would be so much easier if the nurses would just do these five things. This is what really impacts our practice. And then you share those things with each other. And I'll tell you, it's an eye-opener every time. Yeah, it's a tragedy. I want to thank our guest, Kathleen Bartholomew. We've been discussing what to do about nurse-to-nurse hostility. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.